0: Sheva Aser Batamus as this year finds us in between Parshas Balak and Parshas Pinchas. Now, the connection between Balak and Pinchas is quite obvious, as the end of Balak and the beginning of Pinchas both record and recall the heroic act of Pinchas. But what you might not have noticed is the connection that both Balak and Pinchas share with Shiv Aser Batamas. Sheva Aser as we know from Chazal, commemorates many tragedies, but the first of which was the shattering of the luchos at the fallout of the Chaita Egel. Now if you look at the tragedy that's recorded at the very end of Parshas Balak, and recalled at the beginning of Parshas Pinchas, there is no denying the connection between the Bnei worship of Baal Peor and their worship of the Egel Hazahav. In both stories we find the Bnei engaged in an act that certainly looks like idolatry, and you might make the argument that in both stories, the Bene Israel's hearts were not fully invested in the idolatrous act that they seemed to be engaged in. After all, the Chayta Egel, by and large, they were really trying to serve Hashem, albeit through the wrong means, through the wrong method, through the wrong medium, but their hearts were in the right place. And maybe you can make a similar argument with their worship of Baal Peor. At the end of the day, they were really just trying to relate with the new wives that they had intermarried with from Moab and Midian that they didn't truly have their hearts into the worship of Baal Pa'or, which they were embracing. Their embrace of Baal Pa'or was something that was only external. But really, they too want to mainly serve Hashem. And yet, in both stories, Sheva Levi gets up and says that this is absolutely not okay. By Moshe Rabbeinu's guidance in the story of the Chet Egel, Levi went as far as killing their own brethren from their other tribes? And in the story of Balpaor, Pinchas of Shevet Levi, by Moshe Rabbeinu's guidance, went as far as impaling a tribal leader, Zimri, with a spear. Now, what are we supposed to learn from the fact that the story of Balpaor seems to be a replaying of the Chaita Egel? That history seems to be repeating itself. And what exactly are we supposed to take from the zealotry of Shevet Levi, of Pinchas, Is that something that we are supposed to embrace? Is that something that we're supposed to somehow emulate, be inspired by, be proud of? Because at first glance, it is Ratzon Hashem, it is the right thing, but how many of us would be able to do the same thing, to go that far? And maybe that's not our Avoda. Maybe to be religious fanatics is, is not what we're supposed to do, even though maybe those who do it Are on the right track, but then what is our voda during this time? Because if there's one thing that we know for sure, it's that when we see the luchos shattered, we know that something is wrong. We recognize that the rotsan Hashem has been shattered, and maybe that's what we're supposed to be thinking about right now. Whether or not we're able to emulate the zealotry of Pinchas and Levi maybe is not the question, but the question is, what is it that we tolerate that they did not? When we see the Luchos shattered once again, we recognize that there was a breach of Ratzon HaShem. That breach is symbolized, yes, by the breach of the walls of Yerushalayim, but more than that, it symbolized once again that HaShem's Ratzon has been shattered. When we see a tribal leader of the Bnei Yisrael being impaled with a spear, that also symbolizes the shattering of the Ratzon HaShem. The Ratzon HaShem that was supposed to be communicated through this tribal leader but was not, has been breached. And that's the problem. If you look at our worship of Balpaor, the Khumish says that we were tsamid, that we were embracing Balpaor. What is Balpaor? The word Paor as well means an opening, a gap, a breach. And this is the problem that we are recalling on Shiv Asr Batamus. Not necessarily that our hearts were fully invested wholesale in the worship of Avodah Zara but the fact that we breached the Ratzon Hashem and we embraced that breach at the Chet Egel, we were dancing around it. Even if our hearts weren't in the Egel itself, but the dancing represents the tolerance of something that was at the very least questionable and at the very worst of Oda And at That was the same thing. You can make the argument that we did it in the name of embracing tolerance, in the name of love, in the name of peace. And yet it's for Pinchas, whom Hashem gives a bris shalom, a covenant of peace. Because there will be no peace when we embrace the breach of Ratzon Hashem, in the name of love, in the name of whatever you want to call it, tolerance. There are things in our religion that are not to be tolerated. And the breach of Ratz Hashem on any level is a breach of Ratz Hashem, plain and simple. And there is no value under which we can make it okay. And let's say we do not have the courage or even the appropriate circumstances to do what Pinchas and Shevet Levi did, then what is our avoda? And maybe our avoda is to let go of that embrace and to distance ourselves. To say, you know what? I don't know for sure, but at the very least this is questionable. At the very worst, it's avoda Zara, and I should back away. If we're not a Kanai, we're not a Zealot, that's okay. But do we just stand there and tolerate the breach of Ratzon Hashem? In the name of openness, in the name of tolerance, or do we say this is a breach of Ratzon Hashem, and therefore I shouldn't be over here? I shouldn't be celebrating this. That's something to think about for these times. And hopefully, Bez Ratzon Hashem, we can mend and restore and rebuild those walls, so that from here on in, there is no further destruction. And on the contrary, there should be a restoration, a rebuilding of the Baisa Mugdash